It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Total power structure desperation which is manifesting in many forms, is being fueled by exponentially accelerating global ecological collapse. If you still don't believe that bottom line part of the equation, you will. Soon. You can quote me on that. How bad is it? The following headline is from a climate science source in the Southern Hemisphere. Here it is. 2022 is going to be the most effed up year. That's F star star K-E-D on planet Earth since 66 million years ago, watching the world go by. That's their headline, not mine. Again, we'll get to that shortly. The title refers to the approximate year that the asteroid slammed into the Gulf of Mexico, causing the fifth great extinction on planet Earth. Now we are neck deep in the sixth mass extinction event, but this time it's happening hundreds of times faster than any previous extinction event on our planet, which makes what we now collectively face unthinkably worse. Stay tuned for more on this report, but first, a visual metaphor of the primary point that needs to be understood. Many who listen to this broadcast have heard me compare the human race to the occupants of a car that has crashed through the guardrail and is flying through the air toward the bottom of the abyss, i.e. the Thelma and Louise moment. And even now, the occupants of the car, completely unaware of their dilemma, are arguing over what station to play on the radio. But here's the comparison. Past extinction events to now, if the car in the Thelma and Louise moment representing past mass extinctions, was going 100 miles an hour. The car in this sixth mass extinction is going 100,000 miles an hour. This extinction is occurring hundreds of times faster than any previous event on our planet. We are totally in uncharted territory. Climate engineering operations are further fueling the process. Buckle up. The moment of impact is coming at blinding speed. Now, at this new report from severeweather.eu. Weather 2022. New anomalies are growing in the atmosphere and the oceans that will change weather patterns as we head deeper into the year. Question, how can they possibly know when so-called weather forecasters now so often can't get their story straight for the next day? More on this later in the broadcast. As the crash and burn of so-called industrialized, militarized human civilization unfolds and radically accelerates, what will global power structures do? What actions will they take? What actions have they already taken? I'll leave that up to the listener to fill in the blank. On the question of how desperate, diabolical, and dangerous the controllers are at this point, few are willing to take an honest journey down that rabbit hole. Here's another puzzle piece to add. U.S. Army will conduct a two-week guerrilla war training exercise in North Carolina to teach special forces how to overthrow a, quote, illegitimate government just weeks after the Department of Justice announced new, quote, domestic terrorism units. Question, is this a rehearsal for civil war? This report was published last week by the U.K. Daily Mail and other sources. Again, Biosphere collapse translates to total controller desperation. Not enough to go around, 
Law of the Jungle, connect the dots. The UK Daily Mail report continues with this. Young Army soldiers will be battling, quote, seasoned freedom fighters, end quote, across two dozen North Carolina counties in a two-week guerrilla warfare exercise. They then state soldiers will face off against seasoned military members and specially trained civilians during the exercise, which serves as the special forces final exam. The Daily Mail report then states, Citizens, however, are concerned that the exercise encourages soldiers to target civilians. News of the training exercise comes at a tense time in the U.S., just five days after the country celebrated the first anniversary of the so-called Capitol Riot. It also follows the Department of Justice's creation of a new, quote, domestic terrorism unit as the nation faces what officials said is a, quote, elevated threat from domestic violent extremists. That term now seems to be applied to anyone who doesn't go along with the official dictates, doesn't it? How many still remember that the U.S. government, or should I say the organized crime syndicate masquerading as the U.S. government, purchased 2.4 billion, with a B, rounds of hollow point bullets in 2012 for U.S. agencies like Homeland Security? Again, I ask, who are those bullets meant for? About seven for every man, woman, and child in this country. Again, I ask this question. Is this unimaginable amount of ammunition part of plan B? If plan A doesn't work out as the controllers had hoped? This is Dane Wigington, host of the Commercial Free Global Alert News Hour, a weekly non-political report that addresses and connects the most dire and immediate threats that we collectively face. This is installment number 336 of the Bad News Broadcast for January 15th, 2022. The Global Alert News Weekly Report is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. That's G-E-O engineeringwatch.org. The largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations. This broadcast is now on the air in numerous AM and FM stations throughout the U.S. in Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Ohio, New York, and most recently on the West Coast, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego. This weekly on-air broadcast is posted at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent radio and top stories sections. If you wish to share your thoughts and perspectives on climate engineering and the other converging catastrophes that are closing in on us all, join us on the geoengineeringwatch.org website. My most sincere gratitude to those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our desperate efforts to sound the alarm. And in regard to sounding the alarm about the atrocities taking place in our skies, please take the time to view and share the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, which can be viewed for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. From Newsweek and other sources, French President Emmanuel Macron says someone who refuses COVID vaccine is, quote, not a citizen, end quote. From that report, Macron has insisted that French people who continue to refuse to get COVID-19 vaccines are not acting like citizens. The French president said he hoped to, quote, hassle those who were, quote, irresponsible enough to refuse vaccines into getting their jabs, a bill that would effectively strip the unvaccinated of the right to participate in most aspects of public life is currently being debated in the French parliament. Is it going to get worse? 
That question isn't hard to answer. The process is continuing in one direction. That fact is not hard to see for anyone that does not have their eyes wide shut. We must remember history, the unthinkable atrocities, for example, of Rwanda, as a case in point. People do not just get up one day and want to systematically murder their neighbors. Genocide is always preceded by a number of steps, including state-sanctioned discrimination of the would-be target group, a dehumanizing process in which the target group is portrayed as, quote, the other, or, quote, the enemy, and a culture of impunity. That quote is from Jacqueline Murikatete, attorney and Rwanda genocide survivor. If you're unfamiliar with what happened there, please investigate. It is shocking beyond comprehension. Is there a way to prevent psychopaths from getting into positions of power? An essay headline from Brandon Smith. And about this question, the answer would seem to be no. Despite a growing resurgence of interest in the science and psychology of narcissistic sociopaths and psychopaths, it seems as though society today has lost track of how these people can sabotage the core fabric of a civilization or a nation. It's very easy to hyper-focus on collectivist ideologies as the source of our problems and forget that these ideologies do not function in a vacuum. They cannot wreak havoc by themselves. They need psychopathic people directing them to do real damage. There's something about collectivism that lends itself to projection and hypocrisy. Collectivism is organization by force instead of being voluntary. When your political ideology becomes your religion, it's easy to turn into a zealot. And while zealots find power in their single-mindedness and their cultism, they also tend to lack any self-awareness. They literally go insane with devotion to their cause, to the point that they lose track of whether or not their cause is fair and just. Their behavior becomes increasingly erratic and disjointed. Every individual they encounter that doesn't share their views is immediately seen as a heretic or an enemy that needs to be exposed or destroyed. As long as they don't have any real power, these people act as a reminder of what happens when human beings abandon reason for madness. However, when they do gain power, the atrocities generally begin. Civilizations throughout history have constantly dealt with the problem of zealots, but the greater threat the existence of narcissists and psychopaths maneuvering into positions of authority and encouraging zealotry among the masses. Generally, psychopaths are seen as an anomaly which is quickly identified and shunned in order to prevent them from climbing too high up the ladder of social influence. The problem is, they're not as rare as one might hope, and many of them have the ability to hide among the herd i.e. the population. Approximately 1% of any given population is made up of psychopaths, while another 1% are sociopaths. Around 5% of the people are identified as having narcissistic traits. Narcissists are self-absorbed and view themselves as superior to everyone else. They believe that they're entitled to adoration and authority. Sociopaths have an inability to feel empathy for others. This makes them at the least impractical as leaders. Psychopaths also exhibit a lack of empathy, but also have a propensity for emotional 
and physical violence. They take joy in the suffering of others and perpetrate a large number of violent crimes. There is definitely overlap among the various personality types, but in general, close to 10% of human beings exhibit dangerous and mostly inherent psychological malfunctions that are often not treatable. Think about that for a moment. 10 out of every 100 people are ticking time bombs waiting to make life miserable for the rest of us. As stated, some of them are still able to function in society. Sociopaths in particular can become valuable in fields where less empathy is required in order to accomplish certain tasks. But that doesn't justify their actions, does it? History shows us that vetting and preventing psychologically broken individuals from slipping into institutions that offer power is not easy. In fact, many monarchies and empires were built on systems that allowed psychopaths and narcissists to flourish because they relied on genetic succession. If a monarch had a son that was predisposed to psychopathy, it didn't matter that the crazed prince would one day become a king, and there was little that could be done about it. There was no vetting process. Also, many such traits are passed on genetically, which means a power structure built on heredity could become progressively more destructive as psychopaths and royal intermarry. This would explain why psychopathic behavior is overrepresented among monarchs. And this question, is it any different in the empire of today and the biggest empire ever in the history of the human race, the U.S. empire? It's no different. And the same types of people reward those who serve their interests. Morality is not a part of the equation. Honor is not a part of the equation. Virtue is not a part of the equation. It's simply a self-serving cancer that will continue to do everything in its power to expand until there is nothing left, until the host dies. The corporate world and financial institutions allow psychopaths to influence politics from behind the curtain, buying off candidates and their loyalty or vetting candidates and only allowing those with similar sociopathic, narcissistic and psychopathic habits through the selection process and into the political arena. In tribal societies and in smaller, low-tech societies, the ability to identify and root out psychologically broken individuals and prevent them from becoming leaders was easier in the midst of a vast empire and the technology and technocracy that surrounds it. It is much simpler for psychopaths to hide among populations and to blend in. Such individuals are the top threats to any given civilization. They are moderators of chaos and carnage. They actively conspire to supplant free society. They are what could be called primary organized psychopaths. And they do indeed work together for mutual gain, much like a pack of wolves. They represent the 1% of the 1%, i.e. the globalists. Psychopaths at the top of the pyramid have been organized for a very long time. But what about the millions of other people out there with such traits? What happens when they are given a way to congregate? Modern society and big tech social media have created an even worse circumstance because now the greater psychopathic and sociopathic communities are no longer isolated. That this 1% or 2% that used to be mostly regulated to quiet corners and the fringes of humanity are now able to organize into aggressive mobs of hundreds of thousands, leading millions of lesser sociopaths and narcissists. This is creating a subculture, which could be called the 
communal insanity or the collective insanity. And if only such a collective was limited to the ranks of the personality profiles just described, unfortunately, the Milgram experiments proved otherwise. For those that are not familiar with the Milgram experiments, the vast majority of the population will willingly participate in the act of inflicting atrocities on innocent civilians if they believe that someone, which they believe is an authority, is telling them to do so. What does all of this add up to? We have seen the enemy, and he is us. Those in control, those behind the curtain that are pulling the strings, could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. Moving on, in regard to the U.S. military, from Newsweek.com, this, COVID deaths in the U.S. military spike in last four months, despite 96% being vaccinated. The Newsweek article then states that, quote, there were the same number of COVID-19 deaths over the past four months in the U.S. military as there had been over the previous 18 months. Again, word for word from Newsweek. About the Bob Saget death and the factors surrounding it, which I'm not allowed to comment on, we're being told that it's going to take 10 weeks for an autopsy. 10 weeks? Why would that be? Question, how many believe that organizations like the Alzheimer's Foundation and Cancer Foundations are actually telling us the truth about anything? Since peer-reviewed science study has proven that without aluminum in the equation regarding Alzheimer's, there would be no Alzheimer's in the normal human lifespan of up to 100 years. Apparently, that was unwanted news, so the controllers recently fired the world's foremost expert on aluminum toxicity, Dr. Christopher Exley. In fact, the controllers dumped his staff with him. View the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, to learn about the now ubiquitous aluminum nanoparticle pollution from climate engineering fallout that's raining down through our breathable air column and which each and every one of us is inhaling with every breath we take. Back to the subject of penalizing those who are still not going along. From many sources, including CBS News, Reuters, and The Guardian, this headline, Quebec plans to hit unvaccinated with a, quote, significant tax. From that report, the Quebec government wants to impose a, quote, significant financial penalty on the, quote, small minority of Quebecers who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So, are we to believe that those in power, those with personality types already outlined, are so concerned about populations i.e. the masses that they know the planet can no longer support, that they want to be sure we all live happily ever after. So populations can keep proliferating and consuming unchecked until the brutal bitter end. Is that the kind of benevolence we should expect from the personality profiles already described? Or is there something else going on? You decide. Let's move on to breaking headlines on biosphere collapse, which is the bottom line to all of it. And as we do so, consider and remember that the controllers know full well that the planet's collapsing life support systems can no longer support the totality of the human population. Thus, this question, what would we, what should we expect the global power structures to do under such circumstances? You decide. In regard to the unfolding global ecological collapse and the part climate engineering is playing in it, 
If the public begins to awaken to the subject, just relabel it. Sound familiar? From numerous sources, climate expert states, stop talking about, quote, geoengineering. This report states the term is a, quote, distraction from crucial research on climate interventions. It continues, the leaders of the world have just returned from the UN's latest climate change summit, COP26, in which the countries that have signed on to the Paris Agreement upped their commitment to fight climate change. No, they didn't. They simply were forced to either actively or passively participate in the climate engineering insanity. But this report continues, everyone solemnly agreed again to follow the science, which has shown in exhaustive detail that humanity will suffer from heat, fire, floods, and droughts if the world warms beyond 1.5 degrees C above pre-industrial levels. Again, will suffer? It's here. It's been here. And we're not going to pass 1.5 degrees C warming above pre-industrial baselines. We are likely already past 3.5 degrees C. And they are masking that fact with data falsification and engineered surface cooldowns in which they will take perhaps a hundred cold temperature readings from the same geographic area that if it was record heat they might take two or three readings and that skews the data from every conceivable direction they are skewing the data and masking the total meltdown of planet earth continuing from this report that wants us to stop talking about geoengineering it states yet if countries continue on their present course the world will likely have warmed by 2.7 degrees c by the year 2100 again we're there now today according to climate action tracker if they meet all the pledges they've made for emissions reductions by 2030 global temperatures will rise by 2.4 degrees c hardly the breakthroughs we need to stay off disaster this report continues, in light of the situation, there's increasing talk of actions that governments can take beyond reducing greenhouse gas emissions, actions that could either remove existing greenhouse gases from the atmosphere, and hey, how's that going? The largest CO2 vacuum on the planet, the ORCA project, that with an entire year's worth of functioning, reduces the human spewing of greenhouse gases by three seconds in the course of a year. A three-second reduction out of an entire year. That's what this whole facility does. How insane is that? How much could that possibly help? They continue, or reduce the amount of sunlight, now we're getting to the point, coming into the atmosphere. Nobody's proposing relying solely on such tactics, but they could potentially help the planet in the short term. How's that going so far? The last 75 plus years of solar radiation management, the spraying of toxic elements into the sky to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy while destroying the ozone layer, completely disrupting the hydrological cycle and contaminating the entire planet. Yeah, how's that going so far? The report then states, such approaches are usually called geoengineering and they're controversial. I wonder why. Many people worry about the unintended consequences of interfering with nature on a global scale. Why wouldn't we worry? Again, it's already catastrophic, and they're pretending it isn't even happening. They then state, quote, climate intervention, they say, is a useful term because it speaks to the problem it's aimed at. Climate and expresses the uncertainty involved. We're trying to influence a system, but we don't have a high degree of control. That's an understatement, like we would in an engineering context. They finish with this. In regard to geoengineering or climate intervention, the report states, quote, that we have quite a serious safety problem, potentially a catastrophic safety problem in terms of human life, displacement and suffering, and the natural systems that we rely on. 
That sounds a lot like a pharmaceutical commercial, doesn't it? Again, I've cited that numerous times. All the new pharmaceutical commercials that come out, you can watch a whole host of them that are new every day or every week with some new strangely named product while they're playing this fantasy music and listing the side effects that are so long and horrendous that you wonder what sort of completely head-in-the-sand individual would take such a product. And they're doing this to the planet without public knowledge or consent. If there's one thing we can accomplish at this late hour, if there's one thing that can truly matter more than anything else, it's to expose to populations that they have long since been subjected to a global experiment without their knowledge or their consent, an experiment from which there is no return. And if we can expose that, and every single weather cataclysm then becomes suspect because we can say with certainty that there is no way to make the argument that that event would have happened at that place at that time if climate intervention hadn't been interfering with the system for 75 plus years. And again, if we can expose that to populations, would they take to the streets with their pitchforks and torches and would that expose many more atrocities with it? Atrocities that I'm not really at liberty to discuss on public forums anymore because of the censorship. If we could expose and halt climate engineering operations and we could let the planet respond to the damage already done, from countless forms of human activity. It's not just climate engineering. It's a mistake for those who try to argue that. It's a very irrational argument, like finding a body in the street, given this example before, that's been beaten, run over, stabbed, shot, burned, and trying to make the argument they died of natural causes. That's how ludicrous the argument is that it's just climate engineering hurting the planet. Every form of human activity that's altering the energy balance of the planet and harming the planet's life support systems, and that list is immensely long is a form of geoengineering, is a form of altering the planet's functionality. But if we could expose the intentional interference with the planet's life support systems, i.e. climate engineering, and allow the planet to respond to the damage done, we would at least have a chance of buying some time. And that's worth fighting for. As bad as all that sounds, the report I just cited is only referring to the climate chaos and collapse that climate engineering, quote, could create, i.e. is, and as long as it's been further fueling. What doesn't any corporate media report on climate engineering dare mention? That the tens of millions of tons of climate engineering nanoparticle elements being sprayed into our skies annually are highly toxic and highly bioavailable. They're easily absorbed and almost impossible to get rid of. How long can you hold your breath? How many have already succumbed? What other toxic elements might be in the aerosol mix? And how can we know? What would stop the controllers from dispersing anything they want into our skies with the already long-since operational climate engineering dispersion operations? Answer, there's nothing to stop them from spraying anything they want, anytime they want. Next headline, related. Brussels Airlines runs 3,000 empty flights to maintain takeoff and landing slots, or at least so we're told. The airline's parent company, Lufthansa, operated 18,000 flights this winter that would otherwise have been grounded due to lack of passengers, including 3,000 flights, again, under the Brussels Airlines banner. That's 21,000 flights with these two entities alone that didn't need to fly. And are we to believe this is the only reason they're flying? Or in fact, is there much more going on?
are all these commercial aircraft operations being kept up and running to facilitate the ever-accelerating climate engineering onslaught? And yes, we know commercial carriers are being used in climate engineering operations because we have up-close photographs of retrofit spray nozzles mounted on the wing pylons and aimed directly into the exhaust jet stream so that so-called experts can tell us that it's all just condensation we're seeing that expands to cover our skies from horizon to horizon, a dirty, dingy aerosol cloud layer that is wreaking havoc on Earth's remaining life support systems and human health and the remaining web of life and not implicating commercial personnel. But their aircraft are in fact being used and we're communicating with commercial pilots that are covertly distributing geoengineeringwatch.org 20-page fact and photo summary booklets everywhere they can, pilot lunchrooms, and so on. Up-close film footage taken in altitude further confirms everything I just stated. We have up-close film footage of these commercial aircraft turning dispersions on and off. You can't turn condensation on and off. The whole, quote, condensation trail narrative is perhaps, I don't want to say the biggest lie ever perpetrated on populations around the globe because now it has some very serious composition in the deception department, doesn't it? But nevertheless, this lie and all the lies need to be exposed, and we are rapidly running out of time to do so. One final footnote about commercial aircraft and the rapidly increasing climate engineering assault. As already stated on this broadcast, the Department of Defense is leasing hundreds of commercial aircraft with commercial markings. Why? You decide. More on the bottom line of biosphere collapse. How bad is it? New from USA Today, Climate Point, 2021 among the warmest and most disastrous years on record. Sounds bad, doesn't it? It's actually far worse. Back to what I cited at the beginning of this broadcast from ClimateActionAustralia.com. 2022 is going to be the most effed up year, F star star KED, on planet Earth since 66 million years ago, watching the world go by. Again, this is their title, word for word, not mine. And I check with my radio station producers to make sure I could, as best as I could, recite this title. From this report, we are now in the midst of the sixth great extinction and we are the dinosaurs. 2022 is the year that the metaphorical asteroid will hit humanity and the planet. This is the year that the cataclysmic impacts of climate change, i.e. climate collapse, will strike in mass, being further fueled by climate engineering, by the way, affecting all species of plants and animals, no matter where they reside, air, sea, or land. The report continues the decline of Democratic ideals and the rise of hate is an inevitable consequence of misdirected ignorance and fear. We want something we can control, so we project our fear of the coming collapse of civilization onto a political party or candidate. The media-fueled public outrage machine creates and supports the silo of our choice, the it's-just-them narrative, followed by the lie of, if only our party had full power, all the problems would be solved. Autocracy is the consequence. Expect totalitarian governments. That time is now. In 2022, we can expect extreme heat and humidity to bring increasingly large parts of the planet nearer to the lethal wet bulb temperature. That's the point at which temperature and humidity combine to make it intolerable for the human organism, for those that don't know what that term means. Those who can migrate will do so in earnest. Expect climate migration to get going 
at a scale never seen before as mobile populations look for refuge. Expect border battles to escalate as nations seal themselves off from the invading, quote, aliens. Expect heat, drought, and water wars to cause civil unrest, desperation, disease, and death among those who cannot migrate. Again, this report is from a climate science source. The report continues, expect more people to become aware of the inevitability of the collapse of global industrial civilization in 2022. Expect more movement towards the bright green lies of wind, solar, hydro, geothermal, and nuclear. Expect more children and working poor to be enslaved in lithium and cobalt mines to feed the first world hunger for clean, so-called clean energy among the wealthy. Owning a Tesla and having a solar rooftop with battery backup will be the symbol for having done your part to save the planet. What an absolute travesty that notion is. And again, I'm on wind, solar, and hydro, all three of which of these alternate forms of energy, they're not renewable forms of energy, not by any stretch. They're alternate forms of energy that are better than outright burning of hydrocarbon fuels, yes, but certainly not, quote, renewable. All three forms of this energy are greatly diminished by climate engineering, which is reducing direct sunlight, thus reducing solar PV output, reducing overall wind, although they can create massive wind energy where they need it by altering atmospheric pressure zones. But overall, global wind flows are down. Thus, we have a condition now called global stilling in addition to global dimming. And the disruption of the hydrological cycle is reducing hydropower output, climate engineering from every conceivable direction, pounding the nails into our collective coffins. And as far as the toxic rain goes, it doesn't help a forest recover. In Northern California, now that we've had a significant amount of rainfall so far this year, it's broken up by intense periods of UV radiation, and the rain itself is toxic, killing soil microbiome, killing root systems. Forest is not recovering at all nor is it going to in any time frame that matters. And the primary weapon in the Northern Hemisphere for climate engineering at this point is engineering winter weather whiplash scenarios via atmospheric pressure zone manipulation, which steers upper level wind currents, which steers moisture, and that moisture is then seeded with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation elements. Search the engineering winter section at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. But this is a primary component of climate engineering operations that none are yet willing to acknowledge except geoengineeringwatch.org, and I hope this changes. We need all those sources and sites that claim to be in the fight to expose and halt climate engineering. We need them to acknowledge this core aspect of climate engineering, which they are completely denying, and actually helping to cover the tracks of the climate engineers by pretending the engineered winter weather events are somehow a sign of global cooling, or a monitor min or solar minimum, or coming ice age or all these narratives that are so absurdly false, so verifiably incorrect, that those that are pushing these narratives, again, are simply pushing the narrative the climate engineers want them to push, which helps cover the tracks of the climate engineers when we have these scenarios where regions go from record high temperatures of 70 and 80 degrees sometimes in the middle of winter to snow in a single day, and then they rebound back when the moisture is gone and the chemically nucleated elements are gone. A lot of headlines to cover in this arena because they are inflicting this type of weather warfare all over the globe. Let's start with this. Thousands of vehicles stranded, at least 20 dead, amid Pakistan's snowstorm. Again, anomalous events 
great toll. And this doesn't even count the toll to the forest, the wildlife, the infrastructure. Another headline, same theme. Incoming snowstorm, ice to pummel eastern U.S. From that report, a potent storm pummeling Atlantic Canada late this week will lead to, quote, winter weather mayhem, end quote. Where have I heard terms like that before? What part are they leaving out? Engineered, i.e. completely engineered, winter weather mayhem via atmospheric, again, pressure zone manipulation and patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. Next theatrical headline from AccuWeather that is specifically crafted to give the American population the impression of cold, 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 while much of the rest of the planet is in total meltdown. Here's the headline. Eastern U.S. on alert for a thumping from another major winter storm. In that report, AccuWeather forecasters are putting a large segment of the eastern United States on notice for another major winter storm expected to hit the days in the days ahead. The wintry weather will be the result of a disruptive storm that will bury the heartland under heavy snow, then unleash substantial snow and ice. I mean, the manner in which they try to explain all this is with a very, very obvious agenda. Across parts of the southeast before taking an unusual route to the north from Sunday into Monday. As it makes the trek north, it will trigger heavy snow, ice, and rain throughout the mid-Atlantic central Appalachians and New England. They then state, the path of the storm is predicted to take an extremely rare course in that it will dive well into the south and southeast across the central states before making a sharp turn to the north and northeast along the Atlantic seaboard, according to AccuWeather meteorologists. Let's clarify exactly what's going on here. The moisture that's feeding what's going to be the engineered snow that they are scheduling for the southeast, that moisture is coming from the record warm Gulf of Mexico, and they are pretending it is coming from the north. It is not. It's going to come from the south, as so many of the so-called winter storms have come from the south. Thus, you have the warm side to the winter storm and the cold side to the winter storm. It's simply moisture that's far above freezing levels, should not naturally nucleate. It is bombarded with chemical ice nucleating elements, and at a certain point, with an ice storm transition between the warmer precipitation and the frozen material that falls, it's now called snow. This is what's occurring as they chemically nucleate this moisture. They continue atmospheric conditions, including the position of the jet stream, manipulation of upper-level wind currents I already talked about, and different pieces of energy will come together in such a way that it is likely to do just that, what's already been described. On top of this, they state, the storm is likely to strengthen rapidly as it moves along. It could intensify quickly enough to become what meteorologists refer to as a bomb cyclone. How often do we see that term now? Again and again and again. Because they are increasingly have to enhance these events with wind, which enhances the endothermic reacting properties of chemical ice nucleating elements. Thus, this statement from the AccuWeather report, the bomb cyclone could enhance the impacts as the storm pounds the northeast. They then state, the storm has the potential to pack a punch with a period of heavy snow on its cold northwestern flank, i.e. the cold side of the so-called winter storm, and heavy rain or heavy snow changing terrain on its warmer southeastern side. Warm side of a cold winter storm and a cold side of a cold winter storm. Winter storm being fueled yet again with moisture out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. This parade of theatrically named so-called winter storm engineered from top to bottom. They then state, in some areas, rain is likely to take over at the height of the storm. At the height of the so-called winter storm, why would it start raining? Here's why. 
because the climate engineers likely anticipate that their chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations will not be able to keep up with the strong flows of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Next headline, multiple sources, record setting snowfall blitzes Buffalo. Again, the theatrical terms they use to try to sensationalize these engineered events. This report states intense lake effect snow. Why do we have so much lake effect snow? Because the Great Lakes are, are also record warm. And for the record, a cubic meter of, for example, seawater can contain 4,000 times the energy of a cubic meter of air. Keep that in mind. Water bodies are the bottom line barometer of Earth's actual temperature. More on that in a moment. But they continue. Intense lake effect snow bans pummeled buffalo and surrounding areas of western New York, producing record-breaking snowfall. They love to put that kind of headline out, even if it's in a tiny geographic area, creating whiteout conditions on the roadways and areas that have been in the midst of a snow drought so far this winter. It seems that Mother Nature, wouldn't be climate engineering, would it, has finally found the switch to turn on the lake effect snow machine. A lot between the lines on that one, isn't there? Cold air and brisk winds off the Great Lakes. Again, there's the winds promoted the persistent snow bands that produced highly localized, just stated that, but hefty snowfall amounts created the images and the headlines they wanted. Next headline on the same theme. Snowstorm likely to take southern detour after bearing Midwest. Went over part of this earlier. Substantial snowstorm poised to unload hefty accumulations over parts of the plains and Midwest late this week and early this weekend. And it won't stop there. AccuWeather forecasters warn that it may go on to bring snow and ice, leading to the potential for dangerous travel conditions across parts of the southeast. Again, about the snow. Full of surfactants. Surfactants are what make soap soap. Surfactants are used in climate engineering operations to keep the particulate matter from sticking together or coagulating. Soap-soaked snow. Yes, much more dangerous than naturally nucleated snow. Of course it would be. Next headline from multiple sources. Drop in temperatures after Oman records two months worth of rain in a few hours. Again, the heavy moisture flows necessary for climate engineering, chemical ice nucleating operations. Another headline. Coldest air of the season to send Midwest, Northeast into deep freeze. They state brutally cold air from the Arctic is making its way through the north central states and into the Northeast. Monday morning's temperatures in Minnesota were on par with temperatures measured at the North Pole. International falls dropped down to 20, negative 22 Fahrenheit, while Duluth fell to 18 Fahrenheit. The cold air rushing over the warmer lakes will allow for lake-effect snow showers to expand south and east of the Great Lakes. Again, the same scenario. Record warm bodies of water, and they're pushing the cold, 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 shallow surface layer, much warmer up in the atmosphere. And watch the Weather Channel paid disinformation agents try to explain all this away. It is, if it wasn't so dire, it would be comical. If you learn about chemical ice nucleation operations, if you go through the engineering winter section at geoengineeringwatch.org and understand these processes of climate engineering, and then you watch the individuals at, for example, the Weather Channel try to cover the tracks of the climate engineers, it is ludicrous. And they know they're lying. There's no question they know they're lying. And I personally don't understand how such people look themselves in the mirror. I truly don't. In Northern California, after weeks of climate engineering, chemical ice nucleating, cloud seeding, surface cooldowns, that again was possible due to the constant flow of moisture finally being allowed to flow into the state, temperatures have not surprisingly rebounded to nearly 70 degrees last week. Redding had nighttime lows pushing 50 degrees. And with each passing day, the long-term forecast changes for the whole six weeks in front of that. With predicted temperatures being 
constantly raised. And yet, one part of the so-called long-term forecast for a significant time did not change. They showed snow again coming to show up on the 25th of January. And the scheduled snow-rain mix, they showed lasting for 11 days in the surrounding suburbs of Reading. But that all changed again. All of that's gone. It goes from such extreme predictions of the next scheduled snowstorm to being completely eliminated because, quite simply, the climate engineers are chasing a ball downhill. They lost whatever control they thought they had, and they never did have any. It was just climate disruption operations. And now the planet's in a full-blown runaway climate collapse scenario, and they're simply trying to mask it by chemically nucleating every bit of moisture they can put their aircraft over. That's exactly what's going on. And no matter how radical the weather gets, no matter how bad the conditions, no matter how many dead and burned forests, no matter how many crop failures, the majority continue to pretend that the shockingly visible climate engineering operations in our skies aren't really there. Countless criminals in the halls of academia and corporate media fortify the deception on all fronts. We live in an asylum. So aside from the constant onslaught of chemical ice nucleation, winter weather warfare events, what else is being reported, not because the criminals are actually interested in the truth, but because some truths can no longer be hidden. From Reuters.com, this, climate-fueled permafrost thaw threatens up to half of Arctic infrastructure. The report states thawing permafrost could put as much as 50% of the Arctic infrastructure at high risk of damage by 2050, requiring tens of billions of dollars in maintenance and repairs, scientists warned on Tuesday. Well, again, a completely false report here not going to make it to 2050 or 2040 or 2030 on the current course. In regard to the rapidly thawing polar regions, it's not just the thawing permafrost that's causing infrastructure to collapse. From above, the consequences of climate engineering operations are doing the same. From ADNAlaska.com, this, Yucatan declares disaster as hazardous winter weather hits southeast Alaska. From that report, the city of Yucatan declared a local disaster emergency as exceptionally heavy snow, rain, and ice piled up atop critical buildings and infrastructure. The then state other communities in southeast Alaska are also dealing with the hazardous winter weather this week with two buildings collapsing in Juneau. This is what the weather makers are doing. Again, they've reinstalled high pressure over the western lower 48 states. High pressure rotates clockwise in the northern hemisphere. That's rotating moisture up and around California and parts of Oregon. And this moisture is being heavily nucleated, causing frozen material that is much heavier than it should be. Because, again, the warmer the air, the more moisture that air holds. For every degree C of warming, the atmosphere holds 7% more moisture. This is a heavy, wet, concrete snow in this case. And they continue to nucleate that moisture and to cool down the cloud temperatures, the surface temperatures as it rotates clockwise around this high-pressure dome and back down to the lower 48 where more of the winter weather mayhem is being carried out. Again, please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Search all the reports in that section to learn so much more about this core aspect of climate engineering operations. So with all the engineered cold, 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 how are things in the land down under? From last week, from multiple sources, this. Australia soars to 50 degrees at centigrade for the first time this century. 50 degrees centigrade is about 122 degrees Fahrenheit. 
And the report states it wasn't just one location in Australia to hit these extraordinarily high temperatures. How about South America? Also from last week, multiple major media sources. Power grid fails as Argentina hit by record-breaking heat wave. And this, again from numerous sources, ground temperatures hit 129 degrees as Argentina suffers blackouts. So while U.S. corporate media is convincing us how cold, cold, cold it is due to the ongoing parade of climate engineering, chemical ice nucleation, winter weather, whiplash events. Other parts of the world continue into total meltdown. Argentina is one of the major crop producers of the world. On that note, from farmweeknow.com, this, Argentine crops in grave danger. Brazilian estimates also fall. What a surprise. More crop failures. Flash freezes, flash droughts, flash high-pressure heat domes, connect the dots. Does all this mean that the only problem with the failing climate is geoengineering? Absolutely not. Taken as a whole, the human race has decimated the planet from too many directions to comprehend. Climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, is simply magnifying all of it. From CBS News, the past seven years on planet Earth have been the hottest on record by a clear margin, scientists say. The report states the heat was especially repressive in Europe last summer. The continent experienced its warmest summer on record, and Sicily broke the European record for the hottest record temperature when it reached 119.8 degrees Fahrenheit. North America also felt the impact this summer, recording the warmest ever June for the continent and the hottest summer on record for the U.S., Hundreds of deaths were attributed to the extreme heat in the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia. Again, remember British Columbia hitting 121.5 degrees Fahrenheit along the coast of British Columbia, slaughtering marine organisms everywhere. But wait, many would say, what about that radical freeze in Texas last winter? That must prove that it's not that warm on planet Earth, right? No. That simply proves that climate engineering is ongoing. That surface cool down in Texas was engineered again top to bottom with moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Patented processes of chemical ice nucleating cloud seeding operations are core to this equation. About the true barometer of heat buildup on the planet, again, the oceans. Let's look at this headline from counterpunch.org. Wind to build seawalls. Several headlines in the state of the oceans here. Follow me through with this. The report states, The most recent warning is of deteriorating conditions at the Arctic and Greenland. The second warning is the threatening collapse in Antarctica of one of the largest glaciers in the world. As these events unfortunately coincide so close together, one at the top of the world, the other at the bottom, should coastal cities plan to build seawalls. Final excerpt from this report. At best we can say... At these levels of CO2 and methane and nitrous oxide not mentioned, the world needs to prepare itself for abrupt sea level rise. A powerful warning, the report states, from scientists who do not, do not take warnings lightly. There are also scientists who are criminally denying climate engineering operations, aren't they? And about the notion that you can build sea level walls to stop what's coming, total fantasy. Again, here's the statistics. There's enough ice in Greenland to raise sea levels 21 to 24 feet. There's enough ice in Antarctica to raise them another 197 feet. And no, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen at blinding speed in comparison with any other paleo event on the planet. 
It's an exponential equation. It is non-linear. You can't look backward at sea level rise and project that graph forward because, again, what is happening now is happening mathematically, statistically, hundreds of times faster than any previous event like it on the planet. We are in totally uncharted territory with an unimaginable amount of inertia behind it. Next headline from the NavyTimes.com. Rising oceans threaten to submerge 128 military bases. The report states rising oceans will swallow parts of the world's biggest naval bases by the end of the century. No, no, no. Much, much sooner than that. According to experts who warn that it will take billions of dollars in upgrades to prepare these facilities. You can't stop what's coming. It's the total delusion of the human race to think they can tech their way out of everything. How's that going so far? Is tech going to save us? Or, in fact, is it ensuring our near-term common demise? The report continues, We recognize climate change impacts and their potential threats represent one more risk that we must consider as we make decisions about our installations. This is from the DOD. Infrastructure, weapons, systems, and most of all, our people. And for the record, top U.S military brass has stated repeatedly on the record that they consider the collapsing climate the greatest national security threat of all. Do we think they're going to sit around and ask for public permission before they engineer our skies? They've been at it for over 75 years. The report continues, these climate-driven trends are already complicating operations at certain coastal installations. A roughly three-foot increase in sea level would threaten 128 coastal DLD installations in the United States, 43% of which are naval installations, valued at roughly $100 billion, and the livelihoods of these people, both military personnel and civilians who depend on them. And they then state, raising buildings is an option. Again, the insanity of all this is unbelievable. We're whittling down on Earth's last remaining resources, and they think they're going to pour these resources into building seawalls and raising buildings for a sea level rise that will be far in excess of any of these bought and paid for predictions, which are simply designed to pacify populations until the brutal bitter end. Next headline from many sources. Oceans were the warmest on record in 2021 for the third year in a row. Last year, the report states, was the hottest on record for the world's oceans Again, for the third year in a row, according to new research, part of a long-term upward trend in ocean temperatures that scientists say is overwhelmingly due to planet-warming fossil fuel emissions. Climate engineering a factor in this as well, in that the SRM materials, solar radiation management materials, sprayed over oceans is also trapping heat as well. It's also reducing plankton populations because it's destroying the ozone layer. Plankton have to feed in the upper layers of the water column because they photosynthesize. Plankton emit a substance that helps to create marine layers, which truly shades the sun from every conceivable direction. Climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. The report finishes with this. The annual study published in the journal Advances in atmospheric scientists found that the past five years have been the hottest five on record for the oceans, dating back to the late 1850s. Since the late 1800s, Earth's oceans have warmed at a rate eight times faster than in the preceding decades. Again, and that rate is accelerating by the day. Anyway, not to worry. On the current course, countless other converging factors will take out the entire human race long before the totality of sea level rise can reach fruition. Which factors? Let's start with this. 440 more Fukushima disasters as every single nuclear power plant on the planet goes into full meltdown. 
due to societal collapse, preventing them from being continuously cooled. Yes, the human race truly is hell-bent on near-term self-annihilation. From space.com, this satellites discover huge amounts of undeclared methane emissions. No surprise in that arena. Huge amounts of uncounted emissions of highly warming greenhouse gas methane are being released by super emitters all over the world, satellite observations reveal. And this report isn't referring to livestock sources. It's referring to hydrocarbon production and processing. And beyond this, much worse still. Search Siberian methane craters. As I've tried to point out many times, the methane deposits that are thawing and literally exploding into the atmosphere. And when you see these craters, it doesn't look real. It has to be seen to be believed. Craters hundreds of feet wide, hundreds of feet deep. Looks like a massive nuclear exchange took place. And why is this so dangerous? Because methane over, for example, a 10-year time horizon is 120 times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2. It's like covering the planet with a layer of glass and it's happening at blinding speed. And the methane blowouts on the sea floor are exponentially larger than anything that's occurring on land. We're in a runaway climate collapse scenario. Search geoengineeringwatch.org Venus Syndrome to learn more about the path we are on. Next headline from severeweather.eu. Weather 2022. New anomalies are growing in the atmosphere and the oceans that will change weather patterns as we head deeper into the year. How do they know when the paid script readers, known as weather forecasters, can't even predict the next day's weather? Climate engineering operations are completely decimating Earth's last remaining life support systems. How can we leap out of the train before impact? Because the bottom line is this. The human race, taken as a whole, is a train wreck unfolding at blinding speed. We've laid waste to our miracle planet in the geologic blink of an eye. The entire global system of everything is completely manipulated by a cancerous core of the criminally insane, a cancer that is now completely metastasized into every imaginable aspect of our increasingly nightmarish reality, a cancer that will not stop behaving like a cancer until the host is dead, i.e., planet Earth, and all of us. Can it be stopped? How can we know unless or until enough of the human race decides to fully face the darkening horizon and properly prioritize the time we have left? After over 20 years of nonstop slogging in this endless effort to sound the alarm, battle fatigue has numerous times been a hurdle I have had to overcome. But I have, and I will continue to. When I trek into the rapidly dying forests that surround my Northern California off-grid home with a parade of climate engineering jets spewing out their filth in the once brilliant skies above, when I meditate for a few moments at the base of an ancient 500-year-old fir tree that is barely clinging to life due to the onslaught of contaminated rain and the now scorching UV radiation from the disintegrating ozone layer, when I bear witness to the last surviving creatures in the forest, I feel the deepest upwelling of pain. My heart bleeds, but I turn my angst and exhaustion into a controlled rage that keeps me marching forward in this fight. When I was 14 years old, circumstances placed the writings of the Stoic philosophers in my path. The Stoics thought that exercising our creator-given gifts of reason, logic, and morality was not just an option, but our absolute obligation. Many spiritual traditions have arrived at the same conclusions, though 
few practiced them. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Stoic philosopher Epictetus stated this, the condition and characteristic of an ordinary person is that they never look for either help or harm from themselves. The condition and characteristic of a philosopher, i.e. an individual on a mission of self-growth, is that they look to themselves for all help or harm. How long then, Epictetus states, will you delay to demand of yourself the noblest of improvements? under no circumstances to transcend the judgments of reason. For what other master, the Stoic stated, then do you wait as an excuse for this delay in self-reformation? If, therefore, you will be negligent and slothful and always add procrastination to procrastination, you will, without realizing it, continue to accomplish nothing, and thus living and dying will remain of an ordinary mind. This instant, then, Epictetus states, Think yourself worthy of living as a mature individual that is making progress. Question, isn't that why we are here? To make progress? To make a difference to the degree that we can, given our individual circumstances? As I stated at the closing of the geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, any one of us could be the final grain of sand that triggers the landslide of awakening. The Stoic teachings did not deny a creator. To the contrary, they challenged us to ponder Countless miracles of nature, which logic would lead us to conclude, came at the hands of a creator. If we have the ability to make a difference, and we all do at some level and on some scale, then we are obligated to exercise our abilities, whatever they may be, to try and make a difference for the better. The biblical parable of the talents sends the same message, as do other spiritual traditions. We are not allowed to warm a church pew with our backside, doing nothing while waiting to be saved. Why are we here if not to fully apply ourselves to the mission of making a difference, of playing our individual part in the play? Life holds no guarantees it never has, and at best life is a seasonal occupation. Question, what do you want to be found doing when the season ends, when your part in the play is over? Our only responsibility in this life is to do our best, to do our best, to do what's right because it's right. So long as we are still here, so long as we are still standing, it's not too late to make a difference. Every single individual that is awakened to the wider horizon by our collective efforts matters in ways that we can't truly know or understand. We're not alone in this fight, not by a long shot. We must all stand together as we face the gathering storm. To learn more about how you can effectively and efficiently make a difference, check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Never give up. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.